Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis here for the next hour, taking you up until 8 p.m. Eastern, right before the kickoff for Week 11 as the Green Bay Packers head to Seattle to take on the Seattle Seahawks. No surprise inactive, as we mentioned yesterday. Randall Cobb is inactive. Chris Carson is active for Seattle tonight. So they will uh, have Carson, Mike Davis, and Rashad Rashad Penny going tonight for Seattle. So it's going to be a little bit dicey after Carson. I would think Carson gets the biggest workload tonight. I am using him in... Several of my season-long leagues. Part of it is injuries, bye weeks as well. Six teams on bye. So uh, he will get in the lineup tonight, even though I am concerned a little bit about the workload for sure. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Adam Ronis, and on Instagram, at Aron, A-R-O-N-88 as well. And if you head over to ScoutFantasySports.com right now, we have plenty of content to help you win money and dominate in your season-long leagues. We have the Week 11 Thursday Night Preview from Dr. Roto. I have my Fantasy Football Week 11 sit-ems. I actually have someone in the sit-em column that I'm actually starting this week, which is why I really don't like that column. I've mentioned it before, but basically what it does, it basically highlights players that have more difficult matchups that maybe you should seek an alternative for. The problem is many of us play in very deep leagues, and as I mentioned previously with six teams on by, it can make it difficult. So I actually do have someone in that article that is in my starting lineup. Ideally, I wouldn't like to, but again, sometimes you do not have better options. And those players on that list doesn't mean, like, for example, if it's a wide receiver, it doesn't mean they're outside the top 50. It just means maybe they're 10 to 15 spots lower than usual because they do have a more difficult matchup on the given week or something is trending downward as far as their snaps, targets, or playing time. So you can check it out and read it there. Uh, We also have the stardom article up as well and the weekly snap counts and you can ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. And we'll get an answer from myself, Dr. Roto, or Sean Childs. Of course, ScoutDFS.com. We have you covered there as well for NHL, NBA, and NFL. Last week, NFL, the optimal lineup was on fire. It had David Johnson, Michael Thomas, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and even Jonu Smith at 2,500. And he came through with a touchdown. So he definitely crushed value on DraftKings and saved you some salary relief. So you can check it out. Uh, use the optimizer, the uh, stacks tool, which is really good. You know, you could pick a team that you want to stack in the positions and then run it back with someone on the other side. Always a, a great thing to do in tournaments. And, of course, NBA DFS as well. 
uh, optimizer has been on fire. As I mentioned two nights ago, Jonas Jarepko was uh, one of the optimal plays, and that really worked out big time as he crushed for Golden State, although we do have Draymond Green returning tonight, although some of the early reports say he could be limited with the toe injury. But we'll see as Golden State and Houston uh, play in the NBA tonight uh, at EPM. Just a three-game slate tonight. Uh, it's usually light on Thursdays. So we got you covered there. If you enter the promo code RONUS70, you get 70% off your first month, whether it's ScoutFantasySports.com, NFL DFS, or NBA DFS. So take advantage. Again, you're basically not paying much, and you're going to return on investment relatively quickly as well. If you want to bet on tonight's football game, the pick is up from VegasWhispers.com. You can head over there. Over the last 19 days, they're 49-25. and 25. That's a 69% winning percentage. Monday Night Football, 9-2. and two. And college football, the last four weeks, 26-8. and eight. That's a 76-win percentage. So, as I mentioned, there's going to be some losses. And last night, uh, there was. Last night was 1-1. One one. Uh, there was a, uh, the over on the Knicks-Thunder game that cashed. And there was an under on a uh, college basketball game that did not cash. So, again, we're very transparent. At the end of the night, it will be tweeted out with updated records. So, uh, make sure you, you can check it out. Because I know people tout and talk. Uh, we're transparent with it. You can see it. The results are there. And uh, anyone who has joined, I know a couple people have joined recently, uh, hearing me talk about it and promoting it on Twitter, and they've been very happy as they have been cashing more often than not. Matt Modica, he's going to join me in the next segment. We'll talk some NFL and fantasy football with him, getting you guys set for week 11 uh, of the fantasy football season. Uh, some quick baseball news, in case you just missed it, but Christian Yelich was named the 2018 NL MVP, and Mookie Betts took home the AL MVP. So congratulations to them. Let's take a look at some of the latest news going on in the football world right now. Joe Mixon was limited at practice today. He was on the injury report limited with a knee. So that could be the same knee that he had the procedure on earlier this year. So he was limited, but something to take into account because he was added to the injury report. Again, we don't know what his status will be. In case Gio Bernard, hopefully you have him, he would obviously become a good play. Although it is a tough matchup this week, and that Bengals offense looked pathetic last week. Without A.J. Green, now it was against the Saints, and they have been improving defensively, uh, but the Ravens are coming off a bye, and the Ravens have been pretty good defensively this year. I know they've had a couple slip-ups here and there, but not a good spot here for the Bengals this week. Really don't like a lot of them. I think this is going to be a difficult game for them. So mixing a little bit lower than usual, but he's going to get a big workload, and he's always someone that you're going to put in there. I have gotten some questions on the message board where mixing – wasn't recommended, and that was really more because these are more shallow leagues, 10-team leagues where you're stacked at running back, and maybe you know someone has emerged past him. But generally, Mixon's going to be in there most weeks because he's going to get the heavy volume. But we did see last week the downside uh, where they got blown out and uh, Mixon did not get a heavy workload. But that was really because the Bengals really didn't have the ball. The Saints had a huge advantage in plays run and time of possession. Shouldn't be the case this week, though, against Baltimore. John Ross... He was limited at practice as well for the Bengals as he's uh, been dealing with a groin injury for most of the year. He did play last week, and he was fine. So A.J. Green didn't practice today. I know that Marvin Lewis came out and said that there was a chance he could play. But as I mentioned on yesterday's show, I think that was more of a smokescreen and sportsmanship because the Ravens have not been forthcoming about their situation at quarterback. And I think 
Lewis was just being coy there and holding out hope and kind of sending a smoke screen there to the Ravens. But I think we all expect Green to be out again this week. And, you know, the report from, like, last week was that he might not be back until December. So you just hope that the Bengals can stay in contention so Green comes back for the fantasy playoffs for those teams that need A.J. Green. Like myself, I have him in two key leagues, and if I don't get him back, it's going to make it difficult to win. He was someone that you can rely on week in, week out that was going to give you a high floor every single week. As we mentioned with the Ravens, still don't know what's going on with the quarterback. But here we go today. Joe Flacco did not practice. Not surprising. I don't think we expect him to play with this hip issue. I know John Harborough came out and said that Flacco doesn't need to practice much and could still play. My guess, he's out. Okay, so now is it going to be Lamar Jackson, who everyone wants in the fantasy community because of his ability to run, that we know what running quarterbacks can do with the high floor, or will it be Robert Griffin III, who we've kind of heard mentioned by some of the reporters? Well, Lamar Jackson didn't practice today, and it sent up the alarms. Then we find out that it was due to a stomach issue. So I guess he had the good old mud butt, and he was not able to practice today, which doesn't seem like it's a big deal. But the problem is missing valuable reps, especially as a rookie quarterback that has not started this year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on Friday. But RG3 was the only quarterback to practice today for Baltimore. Look, they could mix and match. We've seen Lamar Jackson on the field already coming in at times. So maybe that's what they do. But, you know, would they start Jackson if he only has two practices? Who knows? They still might do it. So this is a really dicey situation right now. And it's big because, see, in DFS, you don't have to worry about it because you can just pivot and change your lineups once you know what happens on Sunday. Uh, I believe that is a 1 o'clock game, 1 p.m. Eastern. So usually we find out overnight, you know, usually around midnight, Saturday going into Sunday Eastern time. You'll see Adam Schefter and all the NFL reporters this guy's likely to play. This guy's likely out. So we might have an idea by then. And even if we don't, uh, we can make that decision in DFS and pivot it in our lineups because I know a lot of people are going to want to get Lamar Jackson in there if he starts because he's very cheap and uh, the rushing upside. But if we don't, for season-long leagues, it's a problem because people have already made pickups off the waiver wire for Lamar Jackson. I mentioned I picked him up in three leagues last week. And one of them is a super flex league where I have him in the lineup right now. And I don't have a third quarterback. I have uh, Baker Mayfield on by. Well, I do have a third quarterback technically, but Baker Mayfield, I have on by. Patrick Mahomes is my other quarterback. And I was planning to play Lamar Jackson. If he doesn't go, then I got to plug in someone else. So I think in the super flex leagues, it complicates the issue there. Or two quarterback leagues where maybe you're dependent on him. So it looks like we might not find out uh, until possibly Sunday. Hopefully we get an answer tomorrow, but I don't know if we will. Adam Thielen limited in practice today with a lower back and a calf injury. Now, the calf injury is something he had before the bye. The lower back is new. The game is Sunday night. It sounds like he's going to play, but a player coming off the bye, usually you don't like to see this, but really not worried about it right now. It sounds like Thielen's going to play, and it's not a big deal. Dalvin Cook will be a full goal for this week, according to Vikings offensive coordinator John Filippo, So Cook came back before the bye, and they said he would be limited in that one. He played 57% of the snaps, and he had that big run, finished with 14 touches for 109 yards. So I think you feel pretty good about Cook going forward. He does have a nice schedule. This week it's a little bit tough going against the Bears. The Bears finally allowed their first rushing touchdown to a running back last week. So 
not the ideal spot for him. But I think if you have Dalvin Cook, you're probably going to use him. You just don't expect a huge game from him this week uh, going against the Bears. But he's going to get the volume, and he could be heavily involved in the passing game. If they do stop him on the ground, you could see him catch four to six passes. So in a PPR format, that's going to raise his floor. Keenan Allen was added to the injury report today. He was limited with a hip and finger issue. So just something to keep an eye on. It doesn't sound like Allen's going to miss the game either. Mike Williams, his teammate, was also added to the injury report with a groin injury. Look, I don't think you can play Mike Williams right now, and I love the talent. He was someone I liked before the year, but, man, the volume's not there. And part of it is the Chargers really haven't done, haven't had to do a lot in the passing game. They've been in control, and they've been running the ball quite a bit. The pass attempts are down for Phillip Rivers. I mean, he's had a high floor for fantasy, but he really hasn't had a high ceiling. But Mike Williams, over the last four games, has three receptions. He was not targeted in the last game against Oakland, where that looked like a great matchup, and he's been relying on the big play. So he has scored a touchdown in two of the last three games, but look at the last four. One catch, four yards, one catch, 55 yards, and one for a touchdown. A 30-yard touchdown catch in Week 9, and nothing last week. The floor is just too low, so you can't play Mike Williams right now. Even in a week with six teams on by, I think it's really dicey because it's a, just a, huge, a, a very low floor for him, as we've seen. Chris Godwin did not practice again today. I don't even remember seeing him get hurt. But as I mentioned in the past, a lot of times we don't know about an injury. Injury report comes out Wednesday, and boom. And that's why you cannot set your lineup early in the week. Because I actually had Chris Godwin in the lineup this week for a couple leagues, and I'm beginning to think he's not going to play. So we'll have to see what happens on Friday. But two days of not practicing, obviously that would help Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, and Adam Humphreys. And Humphreys has been getting quite a bit of targets did disappoint a little bit last week, but God went out would certainly open things up as they go against the Giants. Bill O'Brien did not guarantee that Deonta Foreman will return this year. You know, people have been talking up Foreman for weeks, and I have mentioned him in my Wave of Water article here or there, more so for deep formats. If you have 20 roster spots that you want to stash him, but he's coming off an Achilles injury. Now he's got a three-week window before he can be activated. I just don't think you can count on him at this point. You know, he might not be back to what, week 15, week 16? Are you going to really throw him in there in his first game in the fantasy playoffs or fantasy championship? I don't think so. So uh, I think there are better options to stash on your bench. Kiki QT was limited at practice today for the Texans. He said he wasn't coming back until he's 100%. It does sound like he'll return this week. I think it's a little risky to play him just yet. I want to see him back for a game before I feel confident getting him in there. Marvin Jones did not practice again today with that bone bruise on his knee. He didn't practice yesterday as well. My guess is he doesn't play this week, so that's going to give a ton of targets to Kenny Galladay and Theo Riddick. Theo Riddick has 15 receptions the last two weeks, and he's running a lot of routes. Basically, a wide receiver who's kind of replaced Golden Tate. I thought Michael Roberts, a tight end, could be a sleeper tight end this week if Marvin Jones is out, but sounds like he might not play either as he's been missing practice with a shoulder injury. So very thin there in Detroit. Uh, on an offense that has really struggled. Of course, Kerryon Johnson weren't involved in the passing game as well as we saw last week. So pretty much it's Kerryon Johnson, Theo Riddick, and Kenny Galladay. I don't even feel good about Matthew Stafford right now, who I did not use last week. It's just he's not getting the protection. He doesn't have time. 16 sacks in the last two weeks, so he's been put in a tough spot over the last couple weeks. Tywan Taylor still out of practice for the Titans, so means more targets for Corey Davis and certainly beneficial for Jonu Smith who has caught a touchdown in each of the last two games. Two red zone targets as well. Maybe Tajay Sharp gets a boost as well as the Titans take on the Colts in a big game this week for both teams. 
both teams playing well and a critical game there in the division should be a fun one, uh, I think, on, on both sides as the Titans are 5-4, and four, Colts are 4-5. or five. That game's in Indy. The over-under on that game is 49. You know, no one's really kind of talking about that game, but that could be a sneaky game for DFS. Some really good plays in that game. We'll be talking a lot of DFS on tomorrow's show. And also, uh, we talked about uh, about this yesterday with Sean Childs from ScoutFantasySports.com. He's pretty high on Ty Montgomery this week. Obviously, he wants to see what his role will be first, but people were asking questions about the ranking of Ty Montgomery. John Harbaugh said practice will determine if Ty Montgomery is active this week. But you could see him getting more involved in this offense. Buck Allen has just not been good. Alex Collins, I think, is in a good spot this week. I would be starting him. I think you could take uh, him into consideration in DFS because he's cheap and he should get a big workload against a real bad Bengals defense. But we've seen Collins fumble before. They don't like to use him much in the passing game. So there could be a role here for Ty Montgomery. I think he's an interesting pickup in deeper formats. I did see him pick up in one of my uh, play FFWC leagues uh, in the waiver wire run yesterday. I put in a bid, but I really needed a receiver more with Cooper Cup going out. So I didn't really have the need to be as aggressive on a running back because I'm actually pretty good in that area for now. But I needed a receiver more. But Ty Montgomery certainly interesting in deeper formats. When we return, more football talk as I'll be joined by Matt Modica. It's Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 8 p.m. Eastern as we get you set for week 11. Kicking off tonight with the Packers visiting the Seattle Seahawks. You can check out all my work. ScoutFantasySports.com. I have the week 11 sit article up. There's a week 11 stardom article. The preview for tonight's game from Dr. Roto. And the week 11 projections are up. You can ask your questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. And check out ScoutDFS.com for NBA, NHL, and NFL DFS. Enter the promo code RONUS70 to get 70% off your first month. Joining me now, it is Matt Modica. Matt, what's up? Hey, how's it going, RONUS? Pretty good, man. You enjoying the snow here today that we have here on the East Coast? I actually am. I I love the snow. Uh, It's good to hear from you. I haven't heard from my good friend RONUS in about a month. Then he whoops my ass in two leagues, and I get a call. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? That was a coincidence uh, for sure. We did play. That's right. That was last week. We played uh, in the GST League where I'm, roll, I'm rolling right now. But, man, I, got, I lost Cooper Cup in that league, and I lost A.J. Green. So, you know, even though my record's good. My heart bleeds for you right now. You're yeah, like I know. It, it's, my heart bleeds for you. It, you, hey, 
you know, I, look, hopefully I can at least get the most points and win the division to lock it up because you know how it goes in the playoffs. These things quickly change. So, uh, mm-hmm. and, and then it, and then in the flex league, though, we have the same record. We're both seven and three. We're both seven and three. I made the mistake. I know everybody always preaches you got to play two quarterbacks. And I, w- I was only going to play the one because I had Watson on a bye. And I was like, okay, I got to get the quarterback. I got Josh McNown. Blew up in my face. Carry on Johnson on my bench. And it wouldn't have mattered anyway, but I just wanted to make that point to people. It's not always the right way to go to quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think a lot of people do ask that question, too, because, you know, we tend to think, and especially in today's environment, that quarterbacks tend to score more points. But what ultimately led you to make that decision? I mean, you're a Bills fan, and the Jets were playing the Bill, and we did see McCown play well last year. But that Bills defense is good, man. You know, I don't think people are, are giving them enough credit. If you go back and look at some of the games they've played this year, especially when their offense can't move the ball, that Bills defense is pretty good. So ultimately, what went into the decision? You know, the defense has been the, the one uh, bright spot on this team. Uh, it was led to my decision was, they're putting him in town. They made this move. He, he did play well last year. I thought they could put up points against the Bills. I didn't think the Bills were going to hold them to 10 points. Dominate like they did last week. Uh, so I was betting on, you know, I, as a Bills fan personally, I wanted them to lose because let's get the highest pick possible and hopefully have a shot at the number one pick. But, you know, of course, they, don't, they can't even suck right. <laughs> well, the kind of the Giants did that on Monday, right? I would think Giants fans wanted them to lose that game. They go out there and they beat the 49ers, and now they might beat the Buccaneers at home this week and, and get to three wins. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. I mean, you always want to root for your team, but when you look at the best interest and, you know, the frustration, you know, fans have, you know, it's it's kind of a catch-22 at times. All right, let's uh, talk about some players that are interesting right now. And, you know, Doug Peterson came out and said that Josh Adams is going to get more touches. Obviously, they tend to play several running backs in that backfield, as we have seen on Peterson. But, you know, Adams, the last two games, 16 carries, 108 yards. That's 6.75 yards per pop. I think he's been impressive when he's been running. I've, I've added him in a couple leagues, including a 14-team league. I don't really feel good about starting him yet until I see the touches go up. They are playing the Saints this week, too, and the Saints have been pretty good against the run. But could Adams be a guy that you could see becoming a fixture in your lineup over the next few weeks? Uh, I'm with you. I want to see the touches. That said, out of the three running backs, he's the one I want to own right now. And I believe it was last week we got him, me and Vicaro, me and Chris Vicaro, in one of the prime times we uh, share. We got him for like $28, and I was I was ecstatic to get him. I didn't think we, I didn't think we were going to get him, but he's a guy that, you know, on this offense, to me, he's the one guy you would want. I thought it would be Corey Clement to start the season. That did not uh, – that did not uh, script out right. So, you know, I think the next best option is Adam. But I would hold until I see him do it first. Yeah, I feel that way too. And even this week in a 14-team league where I'm really hurting at RB2, I still don't feel great about putting him in there. So I think as of now I'm going to wait unless I change my mind over the weekend as we tend to do these last-minute things. Uh, <laughs> All of a sudden, Marcus Mariota has looked pretty good. Uh, multiple touchdowns in the last two games, had that bye week. We know he had that elbow injury where he couldn't feel his fingers early in the year. Uh, are you feeling better about the Titans offense and specifically Mariota? If you stream quarterbacks and there's six teams on bye, I know not some great teams, 
Would you feel good about Mariota this week against the Colts? Uh, yeah, I, actually, I would. I, I think this is a, a, a pivotal game. You know, you got their uh, five and four, Colts are four and five. I think this is going to be a good game. I think both teams are going to put up points. Uh, if you're a uh, Corey Davis owner, you have to be really enthused. You know, because I mean, the targets were always there, but you didn't have a healthy uh, Mariota. Now he's healthy. The targets are still there. The air yards are up. So, you know, things are pointing in the right direction. Yeah, I had someone pretty angry at me last week about recommending Corey Davis before the year on our site as a breakout player. And I said, okay, so far it hasn't been great. Part of it is because of the Mariota injury. I said, all right, if he finishes the year as a top 25 wide receiver, are you going to come back and apologize to me? Like, is it too early to say he's a bust? Can we, can we, we still have seven games to go. Yeah, no, look, people, people are frustrated and, you know, when you're trying to make the playoffs, you know, and I, I get where people come at, but you're right. You've got to play out the season. You've got to see where guys finish. And like I said, the target share's been there. It's just been either the ineffectiveness at quarterback to kind of get him the ball, but now everything seems to be coming full circle and he seems primed for a second half run. I kind of stayed away this year. I loved him last year. It's not that I didn't like him. I thought he was going a little high. There were other receivers and running backs. I liked where he was going. But right now, if I could trade for him or something like that, I would be doing it. Can one player, especially that you take in round four or five, ruin your season? Because I don't think so. Like, I have Corey Davis in the league where I'm eight and two. Yeah, no, that shouldn't. I mean, that should be one of, like, the latter parts of your foundation. I mean... It's not like he was your number one wide receiver in the first round and he cracked the bed. And like I said, you're seeing the, all the signs are pointing in the right direction. You, you know, people are always going to be unhappy and you're always going to look to blame somebody, you know, for something that's gone wrong with their team. The question I would ask him is, what does the rest of your team look like? Right. That's what I want to see because I, I can find a lot of problems in there. <laughs> if your season is sunk and you're like complaining about Corey Davis not being a breakout that we predicted, I think you have bigger issues than that, my man, because as I mentioned, I have Corey Davis on the team that is doing very well. And part of the reason is Mahomes, Gurley, uh, well, was Cooper mm-hmm. Cup, lost him in that league too. Cooper Cup is just uh, heartbreaking this weekend, man. That hurt me in a lot of leagues. That was. And- and we thought we had a reprieve a couple of weeks ago. It looked like he was done for the year, and he miraculously came back a couple of weeks later. But obviously, that knee was never the same. Yeah, it's a big loss because in a lot of leagues, you probably got Cup as your third wide receiver in a PPR. And he was essentially returning wide receiver one value. I don't know if he officially was a wide receiver one in the games he played, but I was. I think he had in every healthy game he played double-digit points in PPL formats except that last game, and obviously he left early. He would have hit double digits in that game had he finished it out. Oh yeah, no, he, he definitely was. I know, he, you know, the high school leagues I played in, he was going fourth round, early fifth, you know, and he was returning. He was giving you that and more. He really was, and this offense isn't going to slow down, you know, if he was still out there. You know, now guys like Josh Reynolds can step in and see what he can do. But, I mean, Brandon Cooks has been the unsung hero outside of Gurley this year. I think Robert Woods, too. I don't think people give Robert no, Woods Robert enough credit. Robert Woods was really good last year. I, I, I understand what you're saying. 
and I think a lot. Of people, I'll agree that a lot of people wrote him off, but he was really good last year in this offense. But everybody said, you know, Cooks coming in is he going to be like the Sammy Watkins decoys stuff like that. Brandon Cooks is, you know, a lot of people stayed away, and he has delivered. I have to admit, I was one that was not on Brandon Cooks, and I miscalculated. I should have seen that they could all these three receivers could eat in this offense. I wasn't sure if the offense would be as good as it was last year. I was definitely on Cooper Cup. Uh, I was not on Cooks and Woods, and that turned out to be a mistake, obviously, because, I mean, Woods, since week one, he didn't hit double-digit points in PBR formats. He's hit it every single week since. And what's amazing to me as a Bills fan and watching him with the Bills, I always thought he was a good like possession receiver and stuff like that. And, you know, just to see what, you know, the Bills have no receivers, and they once had Watkins, Woods, Goodwin. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, right? You see these guys go to other teams. Well, you know, we, we, we kind of see that with the Mets, though. We see a lot of good players leave the Mets and turn into stars. Justin Turner is one of them. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All, all things being said, I didn't think Turner was ever going to turn out to be the everyday player that he's become. Neither did I, but they never really gave him a shot. No, they didn't give him a fair shot. Uh, speaking of Josh Reynolds, he is a player that I went out and acquired in a couple leagues. One was a 14-team league where I had Cup. The other was actually a, a Fantasy Football World Championship online league where I had Cup. So basically, the waiver wire is winding down in the high-stakes leagues. We only have a couple weeks left, so it's like, okay, how much? why are we saving money? I like Reynolds. I don't think he's a Cup replacement. But especially this week, Monday night, in a game with a 63-and-a-half over-under, Reynolds, when Cup was out, played over 80% of the snaps. I know he had one good game where he had two touchdowns. The other, he didn't do much. But I feel like he's worth adding and playing this week. I don't think he's someone you could play every week, but what are your thoughts on Reynolds? No, I think you said it correctly. First, looking at the total, looking at this matchup, which hopefully is going to be a magnificent game. I'm thrilled that I got moved from Mexico City and stuff like that because of playing conditions. And hopefully we get to what should be an exceptional game. But you're, you're right. You, you can't trust him, you know, every week. But this week it sets up really good for him. They've used him when, Coop, uh, when, when Cup was out. So, look, at this point in the season, who else you picking up? I mean, who really is out there in competitive leagues? I thought the waiver wire was terrible this week. Uh, I don't know if you felt the same way, like in our deeper leagues with 20 rounds. To me, there wasn't yes. out. There wasn't out. Might, a, there wasn't a lot out there this week. The high stick leagues, I there was really nothing. If you if you didn't get Lamar Jackson, I got him on a couple of teams on last Friday night. Me too. But if you didn't get him, then you know you could have got him. Maybe you wanted to bid for him to take a take a lottery ticket approach on that. Otherwise, in the flex league, I was surprised I got Anthony Miller for three dollars. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's been my swing man. I dropped him, picked him up, dropped him. He's been that guy in my roster. Yeah, that see, that league, there's only 16 roster spots, and that was the one free agent I was looking at, but I really didn't have anyone to drop. So that's why I looked at him, and I was like, okay, I kind of want Anthony Miller, but who am I going to drop? I don't. Would you have dropped uh, Demarius Thomas or, or Funches for him? Uh, see, I don't know. That's a good question. I yeah, had Josh close. McCown and Cooper Cup that I was able to get rid of. Josh okay. McCown couldn't get off my team quick enough, and Cooper <laughs> Cup obviously got yeah, see, see, for most of the year in that league, I've only had two quarterbacks, and then when Fitzpatrick got the job back, I picked him up and actually been 
playing him over Matthew Stafford, who I just don't feel good about right now with the offensive line and Marvin Jones potentially being out and Golden Tate leaving. So that's why I've mostly had two quarterbacks in that league, but now that I have three, so that kind of thins the depth that you can have on your bench a little bit. So uh should be a fun finish in that league as well. Talking to Matt Odika, you know, Dak Prescott has been playing pretty well lately for fantasy purposes if you look at what he's done. And this week he has a good matchup against Atlanta. Could you see yourself uh, streaming Dak this week if needed? Yes. No, I would definitely. Look, you're looking at the matchups. You're looking at the defense. I mean, Atlanta's team is a team that you should be targeting. That defense you should be targeting Tampa Bay. I mean, the only team Tampa Bay was able to hold to, you know, not run wild on them was the Redskins, and that's more of an indictment on Alex Smith than anything. So, yeah, I, I think uh, Dak, and you got to be optimistic about Amari Cooper. You're seeing the targets. You're seeing the air yards. So, I mean, it's starting to turn positive for Amari. If, look, if you're an Amari Cooper owner, this was, the, this was your early Christmas present, getting out of Oakland, going to Dallas, and I, I think he's going to have a good game this week too. You mentioned you picked up Lamar Jackson. Are there any leagues where you're seriously considering starting him this week? You know, we don't know if he's going to play now. He was out today with an illness. So this seems like for season long, and especially DFS, this is going to be an interesting next couple days to see what happens with Lamar Jackson. Do you see a spot where you're depending on him to start this week right now? No, not in any of my leagues currently. Uh, I don't think he's going to get the start this week. I think it'll be RG3. The fact that if he didn't practice today, I think that's a, that's a big blow. And unless, unless uh, Flacco's out for the year, maybe they have RG3 start this game. They're working uh, Jackson with some plays. And then maybe going forward, he's a guy that maybe he's on your bench if you can afford to hold him. And he would play keep away from others. Maybe that might be the best format. Because, you know, even, even if he's bad in games, he's going to have enough offensive upside that he could points up. Big game this week between the Vikings and the Bears and Kirk Cousins. Tough matchup here with the Bears. I mean, the one thing they are susceptible to is the pass a little bit. But do you feel good about Kirk Cousins this week, or is this a week you would look to maybe stream someone in over him? Uh, it would depend on the option. Obviously, that's always going to be, what do I have? Would I start a Dak over him? That'd be interesting. I don't know. I think I'm still going to roll with Cousins. The fact that he's got feeling, the things I'm hoping is pretty much 100% coming back from that bye week that he was able to get, getting that game off. Uh, for me, depending upon my spot, if I need this win, it's going to be hard for me to turn away from Cousins. On the other side, Mitch Trubisky was played very well this year. I mean, even the most optimistic Trubisky supporter could not have expected this. He's coming off a big game. But he has struggled against some of the better defenses. We talked about the Bills. I mean, he didn't need to do much in that game, but he didn't put up big numbers. Can Trubisky get it done against a, a Vikings defense that's been getting better and has Everson Griffin back? Yeah, the pass defense uh, is actually vastly improved over this last month. So, I mean, we, we get lucky. We got tonight's game, Sunday night. We got Monday night. So, you know, prime time is looking real pretty. I don't know, but it depended upon my options. You know, it's hard to bench him with the way he's, you know, the points he's been putting up. And I do think there is going to be points scored in this game. I know it's a divisional matchup and stuff, and the defense has played better, and you have the Bears defense, but I do think teams are going to put up some points here.
You are right, though, against the primetime games. We actually have a rare week where three are pretty good. I think tonight's will be interesting. Russell Wilson and Rodgers. Vikings-Bears, the over-under is 44.5, so it sounds like Matt is in on the over on that. And then, of course, the explosive fireworks game, as so we hope, on Monday night with the Rams and Chiefs over-under 63.5. Lots more to get to in the final segment. Matt Modica will stick around. We'll talk to him about Week 11 here on Scout Fantasy Sports. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis, you can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com, where we have you covered for season-long DFS and VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. On the season-long or DFS side, use the promo code Ronis70. Get 70% off your first month. Joined now by Matt Modica as we get you set for Week 11 of the NFL and Fantasy Football season. Matt, I think a lot of people had Eric Ebron on the bench last week, and he goes out there, doesn't play a lot of snaps or run a lot of routes, but three touchdowns, including one rushing. What do you do with Eric Ebron going for you? Do you just say, you know what, they're finding ways to get him the ball near the goal line, and we know Andrew Luck loves to throw the tight end, just play him, or are you concerned that eventually the touchdowns will stop if he's not on the field that much? I think you got to continue to play him. I know the targets and the snaps aren't there, but the red zone targets are. He's utilized there. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to put him in my lineup. If, I, if, if he's on my team, i got to play him right now. Uh, you know, he's got, like, two weeks of, about 30 points or just about 30 points. But he scored in the teams consistently, too. You know, uh, it's, it's a player that we all thought, for a long time, had a lot of upside that never realized, became brick hands, known as. But in this offense, he's got a role, and he's got a role, and touchdowns are king, especially for tight ends. I mean, the tight end position outside of the like, three guys is pure crap. It's so true, man. If you have a Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey this year, you're feeling really good. Or George Kittle. Or he's Kittle, too. Probably for Kittle. Yeah, George That's Kittle, too, for sure. Uh, what what about Jack Doyle? Does uh, it affect him at all? I mean, he almost scored last week. He was down at the one. Do you just roll with him because he's on the field a lot as well? I think you have to. He he, he like you said, we'll go the opposite spectrum. He plays the snaps, gets the target, and Andrew Luck's love of the tight end. Uh, I had him last week in a league where I had Gronk. Uh, he didn't play, and watching him go out on the one was horrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It, it sucks. You see that. And then the next play, they go to Allie Cox, the other tight end. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, really? Yeah, I was. That, that play and the play in the Tennessee game where Sony Michelle got stopped on the one and they gave it to James Devlin. Oh, yeah. Thing. Yeah, I have Sony Michelle in a couple <laughs> weeks, too. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Really? Uh, and sometimes they're just trolling you right in your face, and it's just tough to take. 
Uh, how about Golden Tate? First game with Philadelphia. He only played 18 snaps against Dallas last week, two for 19. He did have the bye week to get incorporated. I saw a comment from Doug Peterson that basically said they ran a little bit more no huddle and Tate wasn't familiar with the terminology, so he didn't want to put him out there in a tough spot. Do you think we see an increased role for him this week? It's a critical week for fantasy owners. Can they roll him out there? It should be a high-scoring game with the Eagles and the Saints. I think uh, I think he will be vastly improved. Uh, look, they paid a third-round pick for him. I think he'll be incorporated in this offense. Uh, I think it was a really good addition for the Eagles team. I don't think they're dead yet in this NFC East. There's you know still two games against the Redskins and the Cowboys and the Giants again. What was disappointing for owners was you, you saw him do against Dallas with Detroit earlier in the year. You had to be salivating at that. Maybe you tempered your expectations a little because he was new to the team. But, you know, that was probably the most disappointing part of it. But I think going forward, uh, Golden Tate will get more and more acclimated. Uh, I kind of hope this week he is more familiar with the no-huddle uh, terminology because you have to think they're going to have to run that versus the Saints team. Yeah, and one of the higher-scoring games of the week and a uh, big game for Philly, which – I think a lot of people expected them to win this division, and uh, I was stunned as a Cowboys fan that the Cowboys went in there and won last week. But it's typical Cowboys. They they, they raise your hopes, <laughs> and then they'll lose this week, and they won't get a good draft pick. They'll miss the playoffs. That's what Dallas does. And it actually might be a bad loss long term because I don't think they're winning with Jason Garrett as head coach, and this just kind of gave them a little bit more firm footing to keep that job. Yeah, but I don't think he comes back. But all said and done, the one thing I would look at is the Eagles' odds to win the NFC East. What is it now? Because I, I was actually be yeah, I was about to put money on that last week. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I do want to take a look at that, and maybe I'm going to put some money on that before this week's games kick off. Because like I said, they still got four games in, the, in that division and two versus the Redskins. The Redskins, yeah. And I had the Redskins finishing second in that division. But I think the Eagles will overtake them when it's all said and done. I think they, I think the Redskins lose to Houston. So even if the Eagles lose to the Saints this week, they're still in it for the division. Uh, is there anyone who believes in the Redskins outside of their fans? I don't think anyone thinks this team is any good. <laughs> no, uh, look, they've been better. I mean, been, I thought they would be better. They haven't had Crowder all year. That was a, a wasted pick. And Adrian Peterson's been better than I thought he would be. So, I mean, those are the pluses. The defense has played, played well for the most part. But they have. I'm still not buying it. But Alex Smith has been brutal. I, what happened to Jordan Reed? If I would have told you, hey, Matt, it's week 11. Jordan Reed's been healthy. He hasn't missed a game. You would want him on your fantasy team, right? Yeah, he, he's better off when he's hurt, I guess. <laughs> you know, you would have broken down Jordan Reed. <laughs> At least we'll have a couple of those monster weeks. Unbelievable, man. The guy had a touchdown in week one. He has not scored since, and he's had some really good matchups. Uh, you know, when you can't play him or get good games against Tampa and Atlanta, it's a problem, man. No, that, that's a huge problem, and you would think with Alex Smith from a tight end, he was primed, you know, healthy. He was primed for a big season. But, you know, fantasy's fickle that way, I guess. Yeah, well, I guess the people who faded Jordan Reed are actually winning, even though he's staying healthy. Of all the players that have endured injuries this year on Redskins, who would have thought we're going into Week 11, Jordan Reed is still there, healthy, playing every game, and doing nothing for your fantasy team? I, I mean, I guess 
I guess he's been okay when you look at the tight end landscape, but come on, man. One touchdown, and he's been on the field. You need more than that from Jordan Reed. That's not why I drafted him in round nine or ten. Yeah, no, you were you were hoping for, like, George Kittle numbers and stuff. Yeah, and it's not even close. Uh, talking to Matt Modica as we get set for week 11 of the fantasy football season, I haven't found anyone to give me a rational explanation on this. I'll see if you can, but uh, what is going on with Kenyon Drake and his lack of touches? I think it's I, – I mean, I don't get the 36-year-old, you know, Miami loves you, he loves Miami, and it's just like, you know, a gratitude thing. I, I, I just – I don't get – or hasn't been terrible. No, he hasn't. I, I, I just didn't get – from what we saw last year, you know, Kenny Drake seemed like he, could, he was a back. I liked him in the third round. I didn't get him anywhere. A couple of people I liked better, but I fully endorsed Kenny Drake, and I thought – you know, given the opportunity, he was gonna he was gonna be uh, a solid back, or at least a good RB two for you. But I mean, it, it's more of a Adam Gase, and you know what? I've had enough of that guy. Oh my! I mean, look what he's done. He got rid of Jai. He's never given Devontae Parker a chance. Even last year, people forget. Before Drake had the breakout, he went to Damian Williams first. It took a Damian Williams yep. injury for <laughs> Drake to to no, break out that. down the stretch. Because I had Drake, and I was like, I can't believe this. And then the guy got hurt, and that opened up a lot of things. Another disappointing player this year is Doug Ball. When he came out this week and said it's the healthiest he's felt, he's walked up with no knee pain. Could you see Baldwin with a strong finish here down the stretch? Could I see it? Yeah, I can see it. I'm hoping for it, and in 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 I think I have him in like two leagues. So I'm hoping that that's the case. But, I mean, I don't know. I have to say I'm impressed with Seattle. Look, they're four and five. They've, they've lost to the Rams twice in two really good games. I thought this team was going to be decimated by the departures on the defense. I thought, you know, uh, Pete Carroll would be running out after the season. But they, they've, been a, they've been a tough team. They've had some nice road wins. And I think, I think tonight's game is going to be a, a very good battle. Yeah, I actually have Seattle minus three tonight, so uh, uh, I guess I'll be rooting for them. So I'm put a little money down on that. <laughs> I, I think you will. If that's <laughs> uh, talking to Matt Modica, uh, Derek Henry has scored a touchdown now in three straight games, four touchdowns in the last three, even though not heavy volume. With that said, do you feel better about starting him now, or is he still risky? Uh, he's still risky because he's, the touch, he's touchdown dependent. I think you feel more confident than you were early in the season. I, I think Deion, uh, Deion Lewis is going to have a big week this week. I've been, a, I've been a Deion Lewis guy. I need Deion Lewis this week, but that's not why I'm saying it. I, I, I think the matchup versus the Colts, I think that's going to be a really good game to watch. It's, it's such an important game for both those teams. I think Houston gets its seventh consecutive victory coming off the bye. So, you know, whoever wants to still be involved in this division needs to win this. Uh, Austin Hooper has had a really good year. The last five games have been really good. Believe it or not, I think most people wouldn't realize it. You know, he has at least nine receptions in three of his last five games. Has he become to the point where he's a every week starter at tight end? We know the position, as we mentioned before, is terrible. Yes. Yeah, no, considering the position, but I doubt, and as you stated, that, that stat, and it just infuriates me because I don't think there was anybody pumping Austin Hooper harder last season than me. Oh, I liked him and last season, too. He burned me. 
come to fruition, and I maybe have my one game. I think that's it. I have one game only. So I'm not a. Uh, I'm not happy at that. And all all the reasons I stayed last year, it's come to fruition. And you know what I'm saying. That's why I I always preach: don't write players off. Don't say that guy did me wrong last year. So but you know why the guy did you wrong last year? You get him at a much better value this year. And if you thought he was a good player in the situation. Still good for him. He's probably going to be good. We've seen him football. We've definitely seen him baseball a lot where these guys have a bad season, get written off, and they come back and they return tremendous value. Is David Johnson the one that we envision taking early in the first round? Is he back now with Byron Leftwich taking over and calling plays? I'm going to say he's close to it. I mean, I think they had to be buying on him a few weeks ago when you looked at the remaining schedule, and it was a great schedule, you had to think somehow, some way, it was going to get ready, this failure to acclimate him right. And, you know, Byron Leftwich was the Christmas gift that came early for people that invested that, you know, top three pick on David Johnson. And, you know, your season looked like lost, and now there's hope. I mean, Leftwich has also revitalized Larry Johnson. He's got like 22 targets the last two weeks. So it's that we're going back to the Bruce uh, Arias offense type. And, you know, Leftwich was there with him, and I'm sure he's still talking to Bruce, getting some pointers. And we're seeing the guys that need to touch the ball, even Kirk and Ricky Shield Jones, have been involved the last two weeks. So I think it's a good sign for all their players, and especially David Johnson always. I don't know if you own this guy, but if you do, how difficult is it to start Jordan Howard right now? I own him in one league, and I've never been a Jordan Howard guy. I did like him in the third round. I thought that was a you know, fair price. I know certain leagues you went sometimes in the late second, but in the middle of that third round, I thought you know the touchdowns would be there. But he's a guy that just doesn't run for 50 yards ever. He's the most, you know, he's like, he's a better version of Henry. You're basically banking on touchdowns. If he doesn't score a touchdown, you know, you're pretty much out of luck that week. And it's, it's not a recent thing. You go back to last season and the game that tweeted out a couple of weeks ago. He just doesn't get 50 yards or he never gets over 70 yards. I mean, that's not asking a lot. You would think with this offense, he would, he would have had a much better uh, year. And the thing is, too, if you remember, the first couple weeks of the season, they actually were throwing him the football. They talked about in the offseason how he was improving his hands. He had eight receptions the first two weeks. He has two receptions since week four. So it's yeah, if you I don't, don't, don't blame him though. Cause, yeah, with Tariq Cohen, because you know, like Tariq Cohen didn't do anything the first two weeks. I, I was like, what are they doing? Yeah, I you know maybe it took a little while to get the kinks out. Trubisky looked awful and stuff, and every you know. But you know, I, I guess that's that's to be expected. You know, with a new offensive regime, and look, I give the Bears credit; they went out and got offensive minded coach. They brought in players. And they're letting the playmakers touch the ball. Yeah, it's going to be a fun finish in that division. Very looking forward to some of those games. You mentioned how you felt like RG3 would start this week for Baltimore. What does that do for the receivers from a fantasy perspective, specifically a guy like John Brown? Yeah, John Brown, I was loving my John Brown selection earlier this season. And that kind of dried up. And now... Uh, I really can't start him this week. I don't know what the hell to expect if it's RG3. How long is he going to be in there? 
I'm sure they're going to have packages for Lamar Jackson if he doesn't start. So right now I really, you know, outside of Alex Collins, I really don't see myself starting any Ravens. Yeah, Collins looks like he's in a good spot this week. Should get a heavy workload against the Bengals defense that's struggling. I think a player that people were hoping would be uh, on the emergence of a breakout, and it looked like it for a second, but he's been quiet the last two weeks, is DJ Moore of Carolina. Should we stay patient with DJ Moore? Is there still some big games left here, or is it going to be very inconsistent? I think you're asking the wrong guy because I've been Mr. Irrational on DJ Moore. I thought he was going to be there. I thought it would take like a month or so, but he would be the number one wide receiver on his team. I think the talent's there. I like him this week. I'm giving him one last – I'm giving him the shot. Uh, I can't quit him. And like I said, I'm Mr. Irrational on him. I think he's talented. He's a rookie. He's made some rookie mistakes, that, that as well. So that's on him. But I think Carolina's going to need him. I think Carolina's got a, got a really good offense, believe it or not. And, you know, the defense is, what is, is susceptible, especially in the past. Last week, the Saints put up 51 points. Somehow, Traquan Smith did not get a single target, despite being on the field quite a bit. He has another juicy matchup this week. Philadelphia is really banged up in the secondary. Can we go back to Traquan Smith this week, or is it too risky? It, it's a risk. Uh, it's a risky play, but uh, you know, six teams on a buy. If he's your wide receiver three, you know, your, your flex option, I can see it. I mean, I, you know, you're looking at two teams that are terrible pass defenses. So I think the Rocks are going to be getting slung all day, and you know, Trey Smith can take it to the house. So I think you could do worse than not starting Trey Smith. Yeah, I think in some deeper formats you might have to, uh, as you mentioned, with six teams on by. I think I am going to be starting him in a league uh, as well. So uh, hopefully it works out better. We know he's got a lot of upside. That is Matt Modica. I want to thank you for taking the time, and uh, hopefully you had fun in Arizona. i got to get out there one of these years for the Arizona You really league. do. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't say it enough, endorse it enough. The camaraderie, the games, you know, just everybody involved, they, they, they want to – Top shelf uh, shelf out there for that weekend. All right. Hopefully I can get out there. I'll win the lotto and uh, won't have to do fantasy <laughs> football in early November, and I'll be out there. But, Matt, always good talking to you, and good luck the rest of the year. Thanks for having me. All right. That wraps it up here. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Get over there. Ask your questions on the message boards and forums, and join us. Enter the promo code RONA70. Get 70% off your first month. It's essentially free. I'll be back Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern.